Hey, good afternoon. It's May 14th, 2020. Beautiful day outside. Just got back from the road here. Had a nice opportunity to be down in southern Maine today. Stopped in Auburn and and made a trip down to visit Shaw Brothers real quick. Uh, back in here, I've got Tasha Gardner, our CFO. Hello. Welcome, Tasha, and Carrie Sheehan, our controller. Hey, all. Hey. Glad to have you guys in here. I wanted to get Carrie a chance to get some exposure to all you or you to get some exposure to her. First, I'll just kind of talk about the outline we've got today. We're going to talk with Carrie and Tasha a little bit. And uh, then I've got a job site conversation with Sean Milligan and Kendall Bickford from Portsmouth. We're going to do a uh, quick safety report. And then we've got a we got pages of shout outs. Pages. Pages of shout outs. So many, in fact, that I've had to divide up the uh, the load. It was too heavy on me. So I've uh, we, we've all got some here to do. We'd like to see the operations manager stop in to give these shout outs. But I think they do them in person. And they... Uh, they got done with their planning this afternoon, and I, I went to find them, and they were all gone already. They just mm-hmm. right out to the job site. Yeah. I tried to get in front of Doug Morrison, and I was able to slide a piece of paper in front of him uh, just to just check a couple things. So moving on, I want to reintroduce Carrie Sheehan. She lives right here in Old Town, about, about a mile from the office here, right? I do. I'm yeah. lucky enough to have a very short commute. I should walk. <laughs> So, Carrie, can you just talk a little bit about what your career highlights are and and where you got started in in the accounting world and all that? Yeah, sure thing. I actually went to college right at Hudson, right here in Bangor, and uh, went straight to Barry Dunn, McNeil & Parker. Did a few years there at a public accounting firm. Moved on to Verso Paper in Bucksport. That's where I'm from, hometown. Was only there about nine months, and that company was sold. So I could have moved to Augusta and kept my job or moved up here, uh, Brent Hartley had called me and said, Mike O'Connor, the old controller's leaving. Come on up. So I did. So I joined in December of 2000. So I'm working on my 20th year. Wow. That's awesome. I used to feel like the baby, not so much anymore. (laughs) The the longest time, I was the youngest person everywhere I went. It was like overnight that changed. So what's your current role here? What, What does that entail? I am the controller, and a lot of people say you're the what? <laughs> I'm the controller. It's a basically, uh, I, I kind of, I help Tasha. I assist Tasha in whatever she might need in monthly financials and all the, the number side of things. And then I kind of guide the, uh, the rest of the accounting staff, work with Brian, Pete, and Janine, and Jenny, and Allison, to, so they can do their jobs and help the field and our vendors. And that's, that's the gist of it. I kind of do a lot of, of helping and assisting. Yeah. She's pretty humble. She's the controller because ultimately she's in control. <laughs> she's in control. Well, I, I do know that we we enjoy a great uh, reputation as someone who pays their bills. So thank you for that, for helping that along and pushing that. I know you you all share those values. We do. We, we try very, very hard because we know they're, you know, they need their money, especially, you know, hireds and some small companies need their money as quick as much as we do. So we uh, definitely try actually within 21 days, which is a lot faster than most I've ever seen. So um, we're pretty, pretty proud of that fact. Yeah. What's our average receivable? Probably 60 days, 45. It's it's probably 60. Yeah. So on an average bill, we wait 60 days for, for our money, but we try to make it a a point to pay our vendors and and material suppliers in 21 days. Yep, and our hireds are paid weekly. They get paid as quickly as employees. So By hired, you mean hired trucks? Hired truckers, yeah. Yep. We definitely value all the people out there working with us. 
what's what's a typical week look like for you? You and I know I know you have different things you focus on different times of the month when you yeah. you have to focus on publics and financials. It is, yeah. The first two weeks of the month are usually extra busy because we're preparing and um, you know doing our month end process for the for the prior months to get our reports out for everybody and then you put your feet up yeah that's it i skate through the rest of the month I, <laughs> and then it's ketchup i, I want to tell you it's it's there's no feet putting up here i there i can it. attest to that yeah then we catch up on the stuff that we hadn't been doing and the special projects that need to be done for the last two but you know the day-to-day um i i, I don't have a specific day-to-day but certain days of the week wednesdays we you know we need to get payroll out the door Thursdays are busy. pretty important. I know you guys. That's the important one. I know you guys, Allison, and you, and really everybody in in the company here. Yeah. And we we made uh, we had quite a problem here a couple of weeks ago, and I know you guys just emptied every resource you had, including inside yourselves, to get everybody paid. She worked all day Saturday after that as a contingency in case it happened the following week. Thankfully, it didn't. They got everything all situated, but. She that whole Saturday she was just working just to make sure. Yep. So we all wanted to make sure. That, I mean that's that's the number one. We know everyone you know counts on that paycheck. I mean me included. So yeah. we want to make sure everyone gets paid and really everyone does a great job. And I I'm grateful to everyone out there for being so patient weren't with us. Were they awesome? They were. I, people were so nice, so kind. They were. Yeah, I heard that. That you know everybody was really patient. It and- meant a lot. And I I'd sent something out late one night, and I think. Chris Lynch actually emailed back and said, you know, you're doing a great job, smiley face. And that, that meant a lot. I mean, because we do do it f- for you guys, you know, out in the field. So. Yeah. Um, so I, I know you, you all got a shout out a couple of weeks ago, yes. but I'm going to give you one here face to face because you guys all really do deserve a round of applause. <laughs> well, that, that means a lot. It, you know, we, because, like I said, we care about the people in the field. They work hard day in and day out. And, you know, if we had to put a little extra effort in for that mess, then it was worth it. So I do know that, you know, on the job, some days go better than others. And and uh, certain, you know, you can start the, the day off with a certain plan. And all of a sudden, you know, some input from out of nowhere attacks your day. Uh, so what makes, what are those kinds of things? What makes your job more difficult? Really, the things that go make our jobs difficult because we do try to be so, uh, you know, kind of rigid on our scheduling, and because we want to get things out as quickly as people need them. So the main things that make things difficult is if we get things in late or, you know, just in the nick of time. It makes it harder to turn that around and get that back out to the field, whether it be for payroll or for, you know, or for AP. That just can disrupts the time flow. It does, yeah, because we do try to turn things around in the office so quickly. So that that really would be the probably the number one thing is not getting things timely. Probably even more so than timely, like within a few days, is when we get an invoice in months late. That's that's yeah. kind of problematic for yeah. us. Yeah, like it was slid between the seat and the console until they cleaned the truck out in the fall, and and then oh by the way we got this twenty thousand dollars we got to pay so and so. In the meantime, that so and so has been waiting for the money. Yeah. yeah. We don't get a lot of them, but if no, I, I since I have the mic, um, Home Depot and Lowe's receipts <laughs> <laughs> are huge because they will shut us off the entire company. We talk about a lot of times, and we a little bit later about bringing value and yeah. and people in Virginia bringing value to people in Caribou, Maine, and all that sort of stuff. Yes. And so the opposite is also true. Yes. So if you don't get in your Home Depot or Lowe's receipts from 
New Hampshire or Eastern Maine or Virginia have an impact on the whole company. It was. I can't remember if it was last summer or the summer before. I was at camp trying to find a spot that had reception because it's terrible. Over the weekend, begging. It was either Home Depot or Lowe's not to shut us off because we were late on one thing that we didn't know about. And I knew that there were people where obviously jobs going on on the weekend. I'm like, you cannot shut us off. Yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine we don't really want to chase Home Depot receipts. No. I mean, that no. really is not a good use of. No. So that's, that's not no. the operators. That's <clears throat> not the drivers. That's not the laborers. That's we're talking foreman, superintendents, project managers, maybe, maybe even a yeah. ops manager on occasion. Every once in a while, the <clears throat> CEO. Every once hey, wait in a, a minute. while. <laughs> You're going to edit that out? Well, I've never gone by CEO. <laughs> well, what are we calling you today, president? Uh, dead president, probably pretty soon. But. I don't know if we've given you a Home, or, home Depot or Lowe's card yet, have no, we? No, I don't. So. <laughs> I've never had one. I didn't tell you I was going to ask this question. I always got to take somebody by surprise. What do you have to say to the people that are listening, which is the people out in the field mostly? Right now, thank you. I mean, I think... You guys out in the field are, especially right now in this strange, strange time that we're in, are, you know, going to work every day and busting it, you know, just like. And they really are. That, they really, really are. And I'm, it's so, you know, I'm so humbled to work for the company. I'm grateful that, um, you know, right now I'm actually working from home part of the week and in the office part of the week. And I have that, you know, I, what I consider luxury. And those people out in the field, you know, don't. You can't. You know, dig a ditch from home. <laughs> so I'm really, really grateful for everything you guys do out there. For what it's worth, I forced her to go home because that was the requirement of it the was. Law. Yeah, she did not want to. It was kicking and screaming, and I said, "We have to, we have to comply because we can." Yep. So she didn't want to not to, get but... shut down. So yeah. I sneak in from time to time. That's why I'm here today. <laughs> She's pretty awesome, really. This place really runs. I know that, and you know, and I. Showed up here 15 years ago almost and didn't know anybody really up in this upstairs office. And it was just an incredible thing to get to know all of you at the time. And and you've been right here with your head down all this time. So I want to say what I think everybody would say if they could backfeed into this podcast is thank you. Yes, thank you. Again, for everything you're doing for us, because it really, uh, what what we do out in the field wouldn't be possible without great support from Stillwater, whether it's Tim's crew in the shop or your crew here or the estimators or the folks downstairs. Really great work. Yeah. I have very I, pink cheeks right now, but yeah. I, I appreciate it. But it makes it easy when you work for a great company with great people. It really does. You know what was super cool for me is I had worked with Carrie before I came to work here. So I already knew I was stepping into like yeah. the most awesome. You were jumping on a cloud. Yeah, really. It yeah. was so awesome. I'm like, oh, Carrie is a dream. And so, well, I felt the same way. And I think, I think we make a pretty good team. I think you do too. So with that, we're going to go on and we're going to listen to uh, Kendall, Sean Milligan. And we'll be back in a few minutes with you folks. As I said, I'm asking Tasha and Carrie to help me with some shout outs. All right. Down in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. It's a beautiful day outside. Took a road trip today. I've got the whole uh, podcast studio set up here in uh, the Portsmouth field office trailer. I got a couple guys down here that I've grown to appreciate over the years. And I'm going to start off. It's it's uh, Sean Milligan, the operations manager for New Hampshire, and Kendall Bickford, the supervisor down here in Portsmouth Project. So I'm going to open it up with Sean. Can you tell us a little bit about your history? Yeah, good morning. 
Um, the good stuff. Yeah, actually, yeah. Um, in 1994, um, I had applied to HE Sergeant mid to late summer. It was a tough season uh, for the contractor that I was working for. I started there in high school, worked there through the uh, last two years in high school and college. Came here in 94, um, started out as a junior foreman. I had had some experience, so uh, Tim saw that I could uh, start out as a junior foreman. And uh, in 04, uh, just before... So that was Tim Folster. Yes. Tim brought you in. Yep. Cool. In 04, uh, Colby Courier helped me uh, get started uh, running projects. I started with a, some smaller projects, uh, one at Colby College, and then a, a few landfill projects, and then just worked my way up from there. And uh, in 2017, um, I was asked to step into the operations management role in Bangor. So you, you were there for a year. I know at that time we had a ton of work down here in southern New Hampshire. Uh, and I think you were in that role in Bangor for just a year, right? That's correct. Yeah. And as I recall, you approached Tim and me and you said, you know, if, if there's a need in New Hampshire, we're willing to pull up stakes and move over. And so you've been down here for a little over two years now? Yes, yeah, yeah. that's correct. Uh, you know, we I worked at a Stillwater for half a season. Um, we utilized uh, uh, Mollison North's office yep. in Biddeford for probably six, eight months until we, uh, you know, my wife and I moved down and we found a location here in Epping to finally uh, set up office. Yeah, so you've actually set up an office. We've got a lease uh, there in, in Epping. Yep. We're, we're running out of. Yeah, that's correct. And so in that period, uh, I don't recall how many people we had from New Hampshire on our payroll at that time. Of course, we've been working in New Hampshire for 40 years, but uh, hadn't had an office set up. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about your staff here now? Yeah. Um, you know, we've been adding to the staff a little bit almost every week, it seems like. Um once the season gets rolling, uh, Heather works very hard to, to help fulfill all of our needs down here. Currently, we have uh, 29 local, I say local, you know, people from New Hampshire, you know, a handful from Vermont uh, that have come to us over the years. But, uh, you know, we're, we're actually working on an entire staff. Uh, sure. You know, we have a, we've recently uh, hired a, a local project manager, John Schofield. It's going to fit the role very well. Yeah, I had an opportunity to meet him via Zoom or whatever it was, a Teams or Zoom or one of these video platforms yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we have a field cost manager, Stephanie Nagy. Um, we've also uh, hired last season, uh, we hired two superintendents. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're picking up operators, um, labor, drivers, the whole gamut. We're, you know, Heather's helping and, and that was always the point when we started this, is it wasn't like we're going to fill out a crew in one one year, one season. This was a, a five to ten year project, and, and we're, we weren't looking at 2020 at the time. We were looking at 2030 and beyond. So you've got some backlog here now? We do. Um, you know, I have uh, four good-sized projects going. Um, right now we have a project in Durham with John Jangro. Uh, have a, and John's a, one of the supers we hired that's correct. Yep. Local yep. to New Hampshire last year. Uh, in Rochester, 
we're finishing up a project uh, we were successful on bidding last year. Uh, we have a work through August uh, there this year. And then uh, once that, that project is completed, we'll be starting another project we were just successful on this spring. Uh, Tim Blaze is currently running that project. And uh, we have work in Walpole. It's a large project we've been working on for the last year and a half. Is that Route 12? That is, is Route 12. Route 12, right on the river. Yeah, right on the Connecticut River. It's nestled right between the river and a railroad track. Yeah. Nice, tight it's little nice project. Nice and tight. Yeah. And uh, we have a project in Portsmouth. Uh, it's, we've been also uh, working on that project. It's one of our larger projects uh, for, for the last couple of years. Um, it's, a, it's a good project. Uh, full road reconstruction, full width, curb to curb, sidewalk, and utilities. Sewer, water, storm drain. All of it. On that front, Kendall Bickford is down here running that job. And Kendall, we were joking before we started here, if he, if he added up all the words he's ever said in his whole life, it wouldn't take up one cup, one podcast. <laughs> That's but true. He, he's holding his tongue over there now, but we're going we're gonna to open the dam up here right off. So, Kendall, I know uh, uh, you've been a stalwart here with us for a fairly, a fairly long time. Um, and down here running this job in Portsmouth. Um, just Can you just start talking about your career with, with the company and wh- how old you were when you came on? Uh, you hired me in 97. I started as a laborer. started working for uh, Kevin Gordon, actually, at the Home Depot yep. and Jim Braley. And I did that for a year or so, and they asked me to start running some crews, which I did. And I think, didn't, didn't we have a layout program through AGC that you... You went into? Yep, I took that one winter. Yeah. Okay. Over at uh, Eastern Maine Community College. Yep. And from there, you started running crews and and, and yep. jobs here and there? Yep, I was just at the right place at the right time, and so, needed people to run jobs, and I tried it out. I know at the time, you were, you were living, I think, in Brewer when you came to work with us. Yes. But now you live in Oxford Hills? Yep, West Paris. Maine. West Paris. So... How do you like it? I love it. Yeah. I mean, you, you dug right in immediately when you came to work with us and, and, you know, Kevin and and all of us began to see that this is the kind of guy that, you know, shows up ready to go to work 15 minutes before work show and, you know, just carries himself the right way. Hardly ever says a thing at all, except when you're mad. No, that's not true. Okay. I'll spare you that one. So tell me a little bit about the job you got going on here. Uh, like Sean said, it's a it's full road reconstruction. It's actually Matt Tebow started it two years ago, and then John Sanborn was here last year for a while before he went to Walpole. And, and John's, then, by the way, John's the other New Hampshire uh, superintendent we hired. And uh, so Sean asked if I'd step in and finish the base bid, which we're we're pretty well done besides surface pavement and just clean up and loam. Um, then we picked up two adult jobs on the side streets. So it was another probably mile and a half, two miles of full reconstruction, which is what we're on right now. So those are additions. When we bid the job, they were pieces that they may add on or they may not, and they decided to add them on. Yes. What kind of challenges have we had? I'm just going to open it up to both of you guys. What kind of challenges have we had here in terms of hitting milestones and that sort of thing? Um, you know, some of the things, uh, weather closed in on us early. 
in November, both years. Yeah, two years it is. Yeah. In late spring. This year, not so bad. Unfortunately, you know, that's when, you know, we try to cram as much as we can into the fall, you know, with sidewalks and curbing and all that. And then pavement comes after all that. When you start getting, you know, small amounts of snow every other day and cold temps, it just, uh, it really makes it difficult once once you get that first yeah. snowfall. Yeah. And I know, I know we've struggled a little bit with subcontractors, too, in terms of curbing and sidewalks and that sort of thing. Yeah, the rain set them back a lot, too, which yep. didn't help in the end. And also, some we've, we've run into some rock here and there, right, that's, that's there has kind been. of slowed us down on occasion. And, you know, it, it, it's just like everywhere else, uh, you know, everywhere else in the U.S. Uh, you know, you're trying to cram a lot of utilities above ground, now underground, um, there's gas line on one side of the road. There's electrical ducts on the other side. And in between all of them, there's sewer, water, storm drain, and uh, telephone. And, a lot of, and some things that people don't even know are there. Exactly. You know, the, a lot of the, uh, the, the issues that we first recognized here was, uh, you know, a lot of telecom and a lot of electrical that underground that really nobody had any idea where they were. They knew that it ran down the side of the street. But when you start, you know, saying if it's within a foot or two, you know, that, that certainly uh, starts crowding your Yeah, your it's drainage. almost like they tell you, well, it's between the Piscataquis River and the Merrimack River. <laughs> right. And, and good luck finding it. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's your closed drainage has to be, you know, fairly, fairly close or, you know, quite tight. You know, that was some of the first obstacles we faced here is rock and, and existing utilities. So, Kendall, when you were starting or when you were putting in pipe, whether, whether it's sewer, water, storm drain, uh, let's say in the heat of it last year, how many times a week did you get a call that uh, we've just encountered something that isn't where it was supposed to be or wasn't shown on the plans and we've got we've to gotta be agile here and figure this out? How many calls a week does that? Daily. 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 So what does a call go like? Like Steve Randall has, has been one of your foremen here the whole time, right? Yeah. There was a lot of, a lot of these communities were built in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. And, and some of this of, stuff, I mean, around Portsmouth goes back to the 16, 1700s. And when they put a lot of the gas lines in too, they didn't take out the old gas lines. Yeah, that's there's, handy. There's a lot of old steel gas lines. Yeah, and a lot of abandoned stuff out there. But when you hit it, you don't know if it's abandoned or not. Right. I will say the utility companies have been really good here. Yeah. Unitel, the minute you call, they're here within 10 minutes. Well, I mean, that probably goes that way because you guys have credibility, I think. You've right. you've built up credibility with them. You don't call them for every single thing, and right. there's an issue when you call. What do you got for staff on, on site now? Uh, right now, Steve Randall's running the pipe crews. Uh, we only have two crews running right now. And then I have uh, Martin Chancer, who's a new hire from yep, UMass hire. Lowell, yep. doing the cleanup on the base bed job, okay. doing the loam and the sidewalks. Mitch McLaughlin's down here running the excavator for Steve. And we also have uh, Dan McCall, who's running the rubber tire rig. He was a New Hampshire hire last year that we picked up. Yep. Don Flynn's on the L90, servicing all the crews. Um, and then Jackson Blaze and... Tim LaBelle are in the hole out there for Steve. Uh, we got Austin McGee down here, which who's laboring for Martin. Um, Johnny Vashaw is running the wheeler. And 
Steve O'Brien is running the high dreamer, and Alex Hardy jumps back and forth through most of the New Hampshire jobs doing our layout. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys. We need to get him a helicopter. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. As far as schedule on the job, Sean, how are we looking on schedule? All of the jobs are, are within our time frame. Uh, I really do not foresee any issues at all completing. Like this project had a super long uh, duration. Yeah, it did. You know, and, and we're seeing that more so. You know, a lot of a lot of projects have uh, real firm deadlines, real tight deadlines that may may uh, deter folks pricing the project. But uh, we're starting to see more so that their their ex- owners are extending their durations to to allow other people to to bid the work. Yep, that may change. You know, as the as the economy has obviously changed for on us in a hurry with the whole COVID-19 thing, and I, I hate to always talk about it, but it's it's there. But, uh, Kendall, you come down. What's What do you think the completion date is? Well, we're going to try to hold off surface as long as we can, but we're looking at next year, like July 2021. Okay. Final completion with total cleanup, okay. surface pavement. I, I got a note that somebody texted me the other day. And you don't get these kind of notes if you're causing trouble in town, or if, you know if, if there's a lot of uh, you know if there's a lot of messes around. If if the housekeeping is off, you don't get these kind of notes. But uh, this note says, "Dear Sergeant Crew, I know you are working alone, but we watch you every time you work. We hope you enjoy this coffee, and try not to spill it in your excavator. Thank you." Ansel, age four. So this was clearly written in mom's handwriting, I believe. But there's a bunch of scribbles, four-year-old scribbles uh, on this thing that, to me, this thing kind of is the essence of who we are and what we do. You you don't have, you know, a young mom write a note to the excavator operator if there's a lot of, you know, a lot of activity going around on the job that's not conducive to family. And so I don't know exactly who this was written to. It says, Dear Sergeant Crew, but I guess I'm going to expand it to kind of the whole crew, uh, the whole Sergeant Crew, the whole Sergeant family, because these are the kind of reactions we get on projects we work on all the time. I know a couple of years ago, Cody Jean was running a job down in Hollowell or up in Hollowell from here, just outside the, the Capitol in Augusta, and we got numerous accolades from people and I know people that that are in and out of that and all I got was great feedback and so I want to congratulate your crew here Kendall on that and also the rest of the folks out there that are you know that are doing the right thing as we keep going so we're going to wrap up here in about three minutes just like to ask you Sean Kendall any anything you want to add any thoughts well, um, you know, I just want to reach out to everybody else uh, that we work with. Uh, uh, there's a lot of sharing going on. Um, you know, weekly I sit down with the other operations managers and, and uh, Eric, and uh, we, we've been doing quite well lately uh, sharing resources, and that goes a long ways with, you know, for all of us. Yeah, there's a lot to do, and I know you guys spend – sometimes five, six, seven hours going through, and you go by human by human, 
piece by piece of equipment. And I know sometimes people don't feel like it, but there's always a huge effort to get people closest to home as we can while at the same time staffing all the jobs. Kudos to you guys and Eric and, and the work you put into that because that's just, that's that's what makes it all happen. That's the resources. And, and we talk a lot about, you know, resources, equipment resources, human resources, but I'd, I'd rather refer to the human resources as sources because they really are the source of, of where we get work done, where we get our revenues and where they get their pay from. Yep. Absolutely. Kendall, do you have any thoughts? I'd just like to add that I, you know, the appreciation for all the regions, the hard work that everyone's putting in. I know yeah. right now, especially with the COVID-19 thing, we're not working how we're normally used to working. That's right. And I know everyone's putting in a huge effort to do what we're supposed to do so we can keep working. And I just want to let everyone know that it doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah, on that note, you know, we I haven't been able to circle up with Justin and, and kind of do one of these on the Mid-Atlantic by itself. I haven't been down since I think it was March 7th or 8th. And uh, the, the whole thing got clamped down like the day after I got back. Uh, but I know we got several projects going down there, Luray Airport, Leesburg. Uh, there's a landfill down, down there and a, uh, a water treatment plant down there. Uh, some more work going at Richmond Old Dominion. We got some work starting at Stafford pretty soon. Uh, airport job at Charlottesville. We've actually got N.S. Giles, one of our subcontractors from Maine, is going down there to do some concrete paving for us in Charlottesville. A lot going on and a lot of impact. You know that you might not feel uh, on an everyday basis, but you know people are out there really kicking ass in places that you might never get a chance to visit. I know you get a chance to meet the superintendents and, and foremen every year. Really a lot going on. A lot of great operators down there too, uh, as well as scattered across Maine. The whole region down the, you know, in the mid-Atlantic, I, I was down there in 95. I was down there in 98. A couple of, And it was relatively small, you know, just a couple jobs. Yeah. But it really seems to have blossomed down there in the last couple of years. I think Justin's really doing a lot down there. He is, and, and he and Aaron are working working the market hard, and the and the project managers are really, really doing a good job, a great job, uh, keeping things going. Uh, a few years ago, we just decided to focus on, on airport and landfill work in the you know kind of southern western Virginia area in order to steer away from D.C. So that that's gone well. We we uh, need some more work, as as we keep saying, we need some more work for later on in the summer this fall. But I, I appreciate the, the thoughts on, you know, the idea that we're all in it together. So with that said, we're going to wrap this up. And I'm going to roll into uh, a little safety talk. Thank you, Sean. You bet. Thank you, Kendall. Thank you. Not just for being here on the podcast, but for all you guys do. You guys have been a, a killer pair, not necessarily paired up all the time together, but if killer couple guys that's carried a lot of projects for a company. Thank you. Been fun. All right. So back on the safety front here, I want to mention real quick, uh, we don't have a lot to talk about last week because we didn't have a lot of incidents. We had no injuries last Hooray. week. Yay. All right. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Big applause. And that's actually...
super impressive when you consider all the way through that 38-hour shutdown, not a single day, night, snow, rain, sleet. So actually, it's it's very impressive. Yeah, so it wasn't just a regular five-day week. It was a seven-day week. Yeah. So that's 40% more opportunity to get hurt than we didn't. So kudos to everyone. A really good good week, safety-wise. When you had one issue a couple weeks ago that I want to make everybody aware of, is that's with our Wimmer couplers in our buckets. We had an operator pick up a bucket and he thought it was attached and it was not. So unfortunately the bucket came off into the trench box. So we just want to make everybody aware of that. And we have posted videos on base camp and on teams for the foreman and superintendents. And if anyone is going to get in a machine that has a Wimmer coupler on it, please just ask, uh, or if you're going to be working around a machine that has a Wimmer coupler on it, please just ask to watch that video there maybe three minutes, very worthwhile. Uh, so with that, we're going to move on to shout-outs. Okay, back here now, and we're going to start out with, we had a major uh, project last weekend. We're just going to give a shout-out to the whole job, but I don't think it's right to give it, you know, a blanket whole job. So Yeah, it doesn't do it justice. It doesn't do it justice. So we're going to go name by name of everybody that was involved in this job last weekend in uh, Portland at the Jetport, we completed a 38-hour shutdown. In that time, that 38 hours, we moved 8,000 yards of excavation, placed P-154 both lifts, 3,500 yards, placed P-209, 1,000 cubic yards, and if I'm not mistaken, that stuff has to be compacted to either 98 or 100%, which is not easy, very time-consuming. Completed 600 feet of electrical conduit and light cans and backfilled with 75 yards of batched on-site hydraulic cement, and we installed 500 feet of underdrain. We did all that. We restriped the markings at the end of the runway in the course of 38 hours, with starting with rain, then snow, then more rain, and then wind like you, I mean, wind the whole time. Oh, like you. Nor'easter. I'm going to ask Tasha to, to run down through the list, and I want, I'm going to give a big hand up front for everybody on this one. Okay, so I'm going to start off by saying I can't believe I get this honor because this is the stuff of legends. We've been bragging about all of you on social media, and I, I feel honored even just to get to do the shout-out. So um, we're going to start off with the Friday night shift, and, um, of course, the superintendent on the job is Troy Harvey. And so we have Moses King, Aaron Day, Dustin Dugan, Chris Pepper, Austin Randall, Ben Gilbert, Derek True. Devin Bean, Randy King, Tyler Barnes, Bob Ganella, Nick Sanborn, and Cody Sylvester. So let's give a hand to the first shift. And they would probably say, they would probably say the second shift got what they got done because of them. Well, you know, I mean, I mean if I was the first bit, shift, yeah, that's what I'd say. Absolutely. There's some bragging rights that go with laying the foundation. And the, the second foundation. shift would say that we, we carried your asses. That's right. And so let's... let's but it's not about that. No, no, Why no. am I making it about that? I don't know. Maybe you'll edit that out. We'll see. So the Saturday day shift, that was George Obar, Sean Newton, Paul Elkins, Jerry Grindle, Clarence Churchill, Tom Bowie, Mike Grant, Jacob Flewelling, Trent Cullinan, Pete Williams, Rich Otis, Sean Powell, Jake Stevens, Calvin Smith, and Corey Buck. So yeah, 
They, uh, so for the day they shift. might have had the day shift, but they got the snow all day, right? Yeah, well. Or it snowed Friday night too, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, they got so. snow on Friday night. And then the, the Saturday night shift is about the same with a couple people uh, added. That. All right, so we have to add Quentin Fregon, Chandler Plant, and Nick Sanborn. So another round of applause is needed Great here. Job, yeah. everyone. Awesome work. In addition to, to those employees, we also had a number of hired trucks. Uh, we had Nelson trucks. We had Triple C trucks. We had a couple of Troiano trucks, JFH trucks. And uh, I mentioned Nelson trucks already. So many thanks for uh, Scott Bowen also. I, I think uh, we had a special laborer too, didn't we? Um, someone named uh, Doug Morrison. Doug Morrison. I heard he was kicking around trying to help. <laughs> yeah, he might have been in way more. I don't know. But anyway, I do know. Yeah, I heard he rolled up his sleeves and jumped right in that's, there with that's, everybody. That's a great point because I Doug, I, I know Doug well enough to know he didn't think they needed him there. But he's the kind of guy that wouldn't ask him to do it if that's he right. wouldn't be there himself. That's right. That's what makes him a good operations yep. manager. So thank you for the Portland Jetport crew. Carrie, you've got a few here in front of you. I do. I have a couple. From uh, Justin sent up from the Mid-Atlantic. Yes, from the Mid-Atlantic. I'm lucky enough to give a shout out to the handful of guys that finished up the pipe on the Charlottesville airport job. Those guys are Hunter Cole, Andre Van Merlin, Ronnie Johnson Jr., and Tony Griffin. And then two more gentlemen who were uh, did the screening at the Leesburg Landfill. They're Brandon Thurston and Dante Holloman. Yeah, they, they get started here this week. And Brandon's fresh on an excavator, and I think Dante's fresh on a loader here, too. I think he's been driving truck for us What a while. great crew That's Justin awesome. has down there. Yeah, he does. They really are a great group of guys. Yeah. From uh, Doug Morrison also, he wanted to, to also mention his crew in the Preble Street Project, Zach Sherry, Devin Bean, and Dustin Dean. And some of these guys are getting like three shout-outs this week. What? Yeah. I guess they've been working hard, huh? Yeah. They've been, well, they've been on three jobs, and everybody loves them. That's what happens. <laughs> That's awesome. So I've got a few here that I got from different people myself. Derek True and Dustin Dugan were at the uh, Auburn Airport, and, and Matt wanted to get, make sure they got a shout-out. And those were two of the guys that were at, at Portland also last weekend. Keith Edgecombe sent me one, and he mentioned Dave Scott. And Keith pointed out that, you know, we've been talking about individuals bringing value. And he said, man, this guy brings the value. Mm. He's uh, – so Keith doesn't have a foreman on the job, and Dave's kind of carrying double duty, just making sure, looking out. And he said, you know, the value Dave brings is really second to none out there on these jobs that he's doing. And he, and he, he refers back for the past couple years that he's been there. He's had Dave a lot. So I know Dave's a, a strong hand out there on the excavator, so thank you for that. Thank you. All those projects down east have gone really well. Yeah, they and have. So obviously they've got a great team that's executing and uh, Kevin had mentioned that Paul Elkins was uh, was really a great hand for his great work. He's he's always been great on a dozer and a grader uh, and great work, you know, as far as seeing how to help people around. One final shout out goes to uh, a young man that stepped up in a in a really difficult situation. He noticed that that one of our crew members was was smoking on a, a vape pen, I guess, and and asked him if it had THC in it, and he said it did. You know, unfortunate for that individual, but Spencer Whittemore stepped up and he said, hey, you know, this is a problem. 
And that's the kind of leadership we need from, from really everybody. I mean, Spencer's really young in the junior foreman ranks, uh, been a really good worker, great worker for us, and he kind of earned his way into that position. And to me, that's really showing leadership. Definitely. That, that you're willing to, uh, you know, to point these things out. Not easy to do. Yeah, when you're when you're in a junior role like that, it's not the easiest thing to do. It's the right thing to do, though. The and right thing to do. That is one of our core values. Is yep. we're going to do the right do thing. the right thing. So I want to thank you, Spencer, and I'm going to give another big applause for everybody.